We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back, score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch, or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding and check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Most Tuesdays are just Tuesdays, except at Buffalo Wild Wings, where Tuesdays are Wing Tuesdays. But now even Wing Tuesdays aren't just Wing Tuesdays, because Wing Tuesdays are half-price Wing Tuesdays, which means your boring Tuesday that became Wing Tuesday now costs you half as much. In case you're confused, we have half-price Wing Tuesdays. We do it for you. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings. Beer. Sports. Prices and participation vary. See participating locations for details. Void or prohibited. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code ROTOHOOPS when you deposit for a free contest entry today. Three amigos here on this Friday, DJ Trainer, Shannon McEwen, and Ken Kreitz here. You can find us on Twitter, at TrainerDJ, at RotoShannon, and at Ken Kreitz. Sorry, excessive tweeting, or choo-chooing there. Hey. The listeners know that you're excessive with that whistle by now. If, if they don't know it by now, they haven't really listened. Fair. Uh, this podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher. Feel free to leave a nice review on one of those venues. You know we'd love to have it. You can also listen and download this podcast along with all of our other great podcasts on the Rotowire site directly. Guys, we had 
few games last night, five to be exact. Let's go ahead and jump right in them, and let's start with Reddick's buzzer beater over the Portland Trailblazers. Now, this Trailblazer team has surprised me all season long. I have no idea how they're hovering one game above 500 with only two viable options. Nonetheless, they hang tight with the the Clippers last night. If we look at some notable box scores, you got to look at the duo of Lillard and McCollum combining for 30, oh man, 35 points. Quick math on my part. Really, that's kind of a low total for those two. If they don't score more than that, um, they're usually in trouble, but they get help from Maurice Harkless and uh, Plumley there with 11 and 10 points, respectively. Chris Paul with 25 for the Clippers. J.J. Redick only had 11 points. Um, any takeaway, Shannon, from this from a fantasy perspective, or just, was this a close, tight game where nobody really had a massive performance? Yeah, it was just just a tight game. I mean, disappointing from the fantasy end for Portland. Um, you you really target guys um, like like their backcourt, you know, Dame and McCollum, you target those guys to be pillars of your DFS lineup or or if you're in a season-long playoffs or championship right now, you expect those guys to carry you with big performances like they have all season. And you didn't get that last night. Um, I mean, other than DeAndre Jordan, you didn't get much value. I mean, even Chris Paul, just kind of like a mid, middling performances across the board are average. You know, what you would expect them to do, no one really had a banner performance. And with the Clippers, I mean, this is just the Clippers. This is how they operate since um, since Blake Griffin has been out. I mean, you, you have the occasional big outing from Jamal Crawford. Um, J.J. Redick chips in a little bit more. Uh, but Chris Paul's the only monster, and he didn't have a monster night for them last night. I'll say from a deep league standpoint, I thought it was interesting that Mo Harkless got his second start in a row. 31 minutes versus Noah Vonley's only 10 minutes. I wonder if they're getting a little frustrated with the sophomore Vonley. Um, Mo Harkless is one of those power forward t- or forward types that can also hit the three and get the occasional block. So he's always been a tempting potential uh, upside guy. He's, he's in his fourth year, but he's only 22 years old. Eh, I'm just going to file that away for if you're looking for some cheap pickups in your keeper leagues for next year. Maybe you can sneak in a quick way. You know, a, a, a keep uh, a quick, cheap, low-level bid. So he might be worth debating to have next year. It's Portland's got a weird roster where you got guys like Harkless, Vonale, um, Elfarik, Aminu. They're all kind of similar levels of talent, and basically they're all rotational pieces, and they're pretty much interchangeable. And that's why you've seen those guys kind of all rotate in and out of the starting lineup. Um, you can even uh, add Crab to the mix there. Uh, those guys. They're probably best served as as six through nine bench pieces coming off a de- you know coming off the bench for a decent team, but Portland doesn't really have they have a big hole outside of their big two in the backcourt. They have no one for that three, four, or five role on their team. So, I mean, actually, one of the reasons why Mo Harkless is probably going to get a little bit more run, and if you're still able to pick up players, he's a decent option is because my man crush, Myers Leonard, is out for the season. The biggest news of the fantasy basketball season. Uh, he is <laughs> out for the please, rest of the year. Uh, please give your shoulder for Shannon to cry on. Yeah, I've been doing that. You know what? He just takes a look at those Rotowire Keeper League standings and then uh, cries himself to sleep saying Myers <laughs> Leonard's name over and over. Yeah, I will you, say, though, I feel like Harkless is one of those guys that a lot of uh, analysts have always said, when is this guy going to get you know, 25, 30 a game? It would be nice if, if uh, for whatever reason, love, love to see him get a chance to run. You love long guys that can hit threes. 
Yeah, I, one thing about this in terms of DFS this season is that you're going to have Aminu go off for a low double-double, and then Plumlee will go off and get you like 16 rebounds one game. I've been unable to target when those games are going to happen. I think right, right. you'd like to think that you can look ahead at the matchups and pick it out where you know Plumlee's never going to attempt threes, so maybe you like Aminu in a certain matchup over somebody else. I don't know why. I really haven't found any rhyme or reason. Have you, Shannon, so far this season been able to target the Portland front court? I mean, obviously not. We started. We got off to a bad start with Myers Leonard. Has it gotten any better since then? No, it has been tough. I mean, at Plumlee, I've had a couple of, of decent nights with um, targeting him at the right time, and it was all about the matchup. But it is, it has been tough, and that's because all of those players, their minutes are, are just they're they're not consistent enough. You never know when a guy's going to play. 18, 19 minutes or, or 30. Uh, I mean, one of the things you got to do is just ride them while they're hot. So if it, if it's a stretch where Aminu's the man, go with them. Harkless, go with them. And, and that's really the only advice I can give you for Portland because there isn't much rhyme or reason to it. We'll get to the Nets later, but it's like guessing when Shane Larkin's going to have a productive night. Let's do it now, Ken, because I agree. I, I've been bitten by him too. I, I'll throw the Portland front court and the Brooklyn backcourt into that same mix, although more so the Portland front court. If we're looking at that game now, of course, as I wait for the scores to come up, the Brooklyn Nets get a sneaky win over the Cavaliers. The Cleveland saga just continues. We cannot <laughs> escape it. It's going to be here forever, even though they're the, easily the best team in the East. They lose 104 to 95. Um, you had a switch up of the starting five last night. The Nets had been starting Donald Sloan and Wayne Ellington. Instead, last night they go with Shane Larkin and I believe it was Sergey Karasev is who they inserted in place of yes. the two I just mentioned. Pretty good night considering you had you know five players in double digit points for the Nets. Lopez did his thing. The one who I was surprised that wasn't in double digits was Thad Young. Now, Ken, if You've heard me and Shannon talk about Thad Young all season long. If we were to say that the Nets were going to beat the Cavaliers 104 to 95, you would probably assume that Thad Young went off for 30 or 40 points, right? Uh, or I would have assumed, you know, 18 and 10 with a couple of blocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. But I, I think the Nets outran them. You know, I think they played a, a speed ball. They still did give those guards you mentioned, Sloan and others, uh, time off the bench. But I think they played a speed game, which. You know, come finals time, the Cavs don't figure out how to play against quick outside shooting squads. They're going to get swept in the. They're going to get swept by the Warriors if they make it that far. This is like one of those nights, like the Warriors losing to the Pistons or the Bucks or the Lakers. Like it's it's an aberration. It doesn't really mean anything. Um, looking at the at the Cavs side of it, LeBron had a big night. He was thirteen for sixteen from the floor. I mean, just thirty points, six rebounds, five assists. Um, really what it came down to was the Cavs three point shooting. Uh, they're only 10 for 38 from downtown. Kevin Love 0 for 5. Kyrie 1 for 8. J.R. Smith 2 for 8. And when you have three of your five starters combined for, for three for 21 from downtown, good luck winning the game. And that's really what it boiled down to. I mean, against a, a foe like Brooklyn, they should still be able to win. But I mean, that's really why they lost this game. You know, I, I would put J.R. Smith in my top 10 guys I yell stop shooting at during a game. You know, like, he has these stickers where you're like, oh, my God, stop shooting. I know shooters got to shoot and all that, but I just feel like, like Marcus Smart is sort of like that with the Celtics in the last month. Where they're always pulling up for the three and you're just wincing. You know it's going to be a, a deep rebound. No, and that's that's always been the thing about J.R. Smith, but... 
the the one thing is he'll have the occasional game. It, maybe it's only one out of five games or, or one yeah. out of ten, um, but he has that game where he hits five, six, seven threes, and he's done it in the playoffs for the Cavs too, where he basically carries them with that one performance and wins a game for them. Um, so you kind of put up with it and hope that the rest of your team can can make up and, and you don't lose games because of J.R. Smith because occasionally he'll win one for you. Yeah, the thing is that Everyone talks about how deep this Cavs team is, but J.R. Smith is their fourth scoring option. So he, I mean, he does need to shoot the ball at least six forty-one percent. Yeah, and you know what? I think he's done far worse in his career. Um, so <laughs> I, I'll take that, I guess. But I do think it's funny um, that everyone talks about how deep they are, and then right. if you want to complain about J.R. Smith, it's like he's their fourth option. If you, you can't think that they're deep, and I'm not saying you specifically, Ken, but I've just heard these two things out there that yeah. you can't think the Cavs are deep and then complain about J.R. Smith taking too many shots. I was so, surprised they didn't make a Kyle Korver run. I mean, maybe they're just out of assets to trade, but I thought Korver would have been a, you know, with with Atlanta kind of admitting they're in transition, I thought Korver would have been a nice move for them. If Atlanta were out of the playoff, actually out of the playoffs, I think that might have been an option. But tough for a team like Atlanta to move some of their core pieces, even if he's not as much of a core piece uh, nowadays as he was the last couple seasons. But they're the number three seed in the East right now, so... I understand why they would have trouble uh, moving someone like that, especially to someone you're probably going to meet in the playoffs. Yeah, the only thing I – I was kind of looking at that too, Ken. I think you first brought that to my attention, and my eyes got kind of wide because it did seem like a very uh, Clevelandly move um, to go get a veteran who can shoot from beyond the arc. We know LeBron loves to stack his teams, his championship contending teams with, with players uh, such as such as who Korver is now. But um, – if that were to happen, I think that would mean that Atlanta was going to also blow things up. Like they were going to yeah. go full board. They just weren't going to get rid of. You're telling Hort- Al Horton hit yeah. the bricks. Al yeah. Horford, yeah. Jeff Teague. Horford, You're sorry. getting rid of everybody if you decide to make that move. And so I don't know. It, it's hard to try to build a fan base, which they're struggling to do right now, and then trade away a team that's you know could could make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. They could do that. So I I don't know. It's just a tough move. I think that the front office might have might have been willing to do that but i i think the fan base comes into play that you just cannot it's it's a very fragile fan base right now and so you can't pull like a milwaukee bucks move and and trade your best players like you (laughs) did ray allen hasn't horford hasn't he hinted like a dozen times he's leaving i i I can't i feel like there's been i don't know if that's a foregone conclusion or not what have you guys heard about horford does al horford have a voice has he ever said anything? I, I honestly don't know. Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever heard him. statements about wanting to go to a bigger market and, you know, where, and he's kind of hinted at that weak fan base, wanting to go play for a fanatical fan base. And that's, and it was pre trade deadline. I remember thinking, oh, well, if you're Atlanta, then does that mean if you know he's walking, do you, you know, make some deals? But uh, clearly they didn't get any deals they liked. And you're right, DJ, uh, selling tickets has always been a precarious situation in Atlanta. And, they maybe just didn't have the stomach to go the uh, sixer route, even if it's a one, two-year process, not the 10-year process Philadelphia's going through. The, the one thing that I enjoyed by watching them in the playoffs last year, that if you looked into the crowd, nobody actually had Atlanta gear on. Right. They had, like, <laughs> button-up polos, plaid polos. Um, it's not like, you know, you go to, like, the Warriors Stadium and everybody's wearing yellow T-shirts and jerseys. It's a yeah. completely different atmosphere. You're um, the best city for that, the best city. It's football, but the Steeler, you can watch walk around oh, just sure. the city of Pittsburgh. Forget, like, game day. It can be the middle of summer, and every St- every Pittsburgh person has a Steeler shirt on. It's insane. 
it, yeah, that's yeah. I was just going to say that's during like every day, uh, every day, every day in Pittsburgh, in right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, uh, and, I, and, and my in-laws to, to the to that extent, my in-laws bought me a Cordell Stewart jersey. Yeah, I'm getting that's getting a lot of play. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Cordell Stewart. Hey, that's going to look cool. I mean, I think that'd be a cool jersey to to wear now. I, you know, I was almost going to, like, black tape over Stewart and put Bryant, and then he got kicked out for a year. So Ooh. it's not the number 10 Steeler jersey not not helped me one way or the other. Yeah, Martavius isn't doing much for you next year either. Um, Indiana Pacers, 92 to New Orleans Pelicans, 84. I tell you what, guys, I was um, – you know, I was kind of watching for the starting lineups for this Pelicans team last night, and no media member knew what the heck the starting five was. It was unbelievable. <laughs> I've never seen a situation like this in the past before. Uh, I think a couple years ago there was a situation with Derrick Rose where they said he was out, then he was probable, then he was starting, then he was coming off the bench, all within a span of 30 minutes. But there was no media members for the Pelicans that knew who was starting. And so uh, ultimately they only had eight active players, so they all had to play a lot. It really didn't matter a whole lot. Uh, Alex uh, or Ajinka moved into the starting lineup, and he played alongside Omar Ashik. Ajinka plays 36 minutes, 22 points, 9 rebounds, 2 assists, and a steal. Pretty great night for him. Dante, That's got to be a career high, right? I haven't, haven't uh, looked that up, but... I don't I know. Think- he had. I think he had some. He had some performances in Dallas last year that really upped his value. I think when maybe Dirk sat out. Um, I can. I can take a look. Well, but. definitely a career high, uh, short career high, but uh, career high rebound night for Miles Turner with the sixteen boards and the twenty four points. With George's injury, he really took off for the Pacers. Clearly, though, against a hobbled Pelicans lineup. Even even when Anthony Davis was healthy, Pelicans have been a great team to target big men against uh, this year. And Miles Turner night, he was just he was massive last night. I mean, the, like you said, twenty four points, sixteen rebounds, three blocks. He had over fifty fantasy points on DraftKings. Um, essentially, he was the guy you needed him in your lineup last night in tournament play to have it really pay out. If you didn't have him in your lineup, you were you know maybe you were lucky enough to get a min cash, but but you weren't going to get a big payday without Miles Turner in your lineup. And that's that's one of the issues with short slates that I I really I really hate. And you just when you've got 3 4 5 games, if there's one guy, that one outlier who has a big night, if you don't have him in your lineup, you're screwed. And that's that's what happened to me last night. Uh no Miles Turner meant no no winnings for me. Yeah, you know I like the smaller slates. I, I always think that it's about who to avoid. But, you know, last night, Miles Turner was not in my lineup, and the exact same thing happened to me. I, I got burned by that. So, right. So you're right about that. It's rare. There weren't many big nights either. I don't. I think he was the only person, maybe, who had 50 fantasy points. <clears throat> I don't, I don't Did James think... James get close? Um, yeah, he, I know he had 40 or so, um, but he was, yeah, he had upper forties. So maybe he was close, but there was no one else. There were a couple other guys who, you know, upper thirties, uh, low forties, but I'm pretty sure Miles Turner was the high scorer for the night, which is weird when you have Kevin Durant, uh, Westbrook, LeBron James, all going, uh, none of those guys. Yeah. I mean, even Westbrook had a pretty mediocre game, all things considered. Yeah, most definitely. Back to the freakish lineups the New Orleans are wheeling out there. Um, a little trivia for you guys. Do you know who who was the leading scorer the prior night for the Pelicans? Or I think Tuesday? My guess is Drew Holiday. Luke Babbitt. Luke Babbitt. I think he had 20-something. Yeah, uh, and that was 
part of the confusion last night is that everyone just kind of assumed he was going to start. Um, right. But instead, uh, Alvin Gentry went with Dante Cunningham. Babbitt still saw 24 minutes off the bench, but only gave you minimal production with just two well, points. Yeah, the problem with shots, Luke, though, is a good side. But, uh, oh, yeah. the problem with Luke Babbitt is he's just not a very good NBA player. So I was, I was waiting to see which of the three of us were going to make yeah, that joke. Yeah, he's had, I mean, he's had a couple of good games this year, but they're, they're few and far between. Um, I'm glad I avoided him in my DFS lineups. If you did so, then you had a better chance at cashing. Um, Ash, Ashik was a big target for me. 15 rebounds is nice, but he only had two points and zero blocks. So, and, yeah, not not big help there. It, Drew Holiday was probably the big news of the night because he would have been owned in over 50% of DraftKings lineups. Um, yeah. Great matchup for him. Uh, Ryan Anderson and Anthony Davis both out. He would have chucked up 25 shots easy. So he would have had a big night, but he was ruled out in the last half hour or so before tip-off. Yeah, most definitely. So, again, only eight active players for the Pelicans. Now, if you're looking at these eight um, Shannon, and you had to pick two for your DFS lineups. You already hinted that you went big on Ashik. Ashik, Ashik, nobody really knows what it is. Um, uh, you know, if you had to pick two, and let's just say these eight players are going to play the next three games or something like that, I mean, there's going to be DFS consideration here, and people are going to win money with a couple of these guys in their lineups, and people are looking for late season additions. Who's the most enticing options on this eight man roster um, over the long haul, like over the next two weeks or something like that? I do think Drew Holiday is going to return in short order. I, Blister on the left toe. Yeah, so, exactly. So that's not terrible. So once he returns, I think he's a must play because he's going to be chucking up a ton of shots for this team down the stretch. Um, if he sits out more, Tony Douglas, I think, is one of the better options. Um, he's going to get some. He's going to get a couple of rebounds, get some assists, steals, hit some threes. Um, he's a good option. And then I also, I've got to go with Omer Omer Sheik. I. Alexis, Ojinka had the big night on Thursday, but it was matchup-based that he was even in the starting lineup. Um, Most teams that he plays against aren't going to have two big men in their starting lineup. I just don't think the the matchup's going to dictate him getting 36 minutes of run again in the near future. I think if Holiday's out, you got to give Tim Frazier a bit of a look. Scored over double digits last five games. I, Tim, Uh, or Tim, wow. (laughs) Can I, uh, yeah, Tim Frazier is... From a fantasy perspective, if he sees 30 minutes on the court, he's valuable. But yeah. from an NBA perspective, this guy is a journeyman. He'll be fighting for a roster spot. Next yeah, he'll year. be. He's not, yeah. no, he's, but he's just the, oh, my God, they have to play someone. He's. I mean, he's a triple-double threat when he plays 34, 34 minutes. I mean, I know it sounds crazy to say, but that's just one of the things where, where fantasy is. He's played 26 is, over the last five. He's played 26 minutes over the last five. He's hit almost a three each game. Yeah, I mean, he but, just... But you're right, you got to watch the holiday news. You have to watch the holiday news. Right, yeah. He does things that make you cringe on the court, but, uh, you know, if, if I know that he's going to play for a week or two, I try to go up, go out and pick him up. It's turnovers aside, I should say. He has been playing really well, um, but we will make a bet. If Tim Frazier has a triple-double before the end of the season, no. um, I, I will buy you lunch, DJ. <laughs> I will buy you lunch. No, I don't think it's going to happen, but he is a threat for one. <laughs> he's a threat. You guys, he, he will threaten to have a triple double. <laughs> I will, I will post a triple double tonight. Yes, 
All right, we need to. You know what we need to do is start getting our bets, and what's on the line should be tickets for some ball games coming up this summer. Um, and of course, whoever loses should be heading over to SeatGeek. That's the best place to get the best value. Of course, our listeners can get a $20 rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. All you have to do to get that $20 rebate is download the free SeatGeek app, go to the Settings tab, and click Add a Promo Code. From there, you enter the promo code RWNBA. After that, SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. Download the free SeatGeek app and enter promo code RWNBA today. What about Wrigley Field? Let's get let's get a big bet going on the, on the line here, where loser has to take the three of us out to a game at Wrigley. Prices oh. should be pretty high for that one. Oh man, that's got to be like an entire rotowire. We just got to make a, a rotowire trip and get a a couple dozen of us to go. If that happens, I will buy everyone burritos at my favorite burrito place in the neighborhood. There. I don't remember the name of the burrito shop when I lived there, but it had a giant donkey uh, on the sign, and the it, the words underneath the donkey were "burritos as big as your head." We need Ken. You're you're be, you're the one who kind of does this. We need you to push yeah. for the next Rotowire outing to be a Wrigley uh, rooftop trip. Oh, Ooh, rooftop! Where are we crashing in Chicago? I, you've probably got friends that live there still, so we can just all crash at their yeah. place. Yeah. Hey, do you mind if 25 employees of Rotowire sleep in your basement? <laughs> Fun fact about Rotowire, Rotowire started in Wrigley Field. Or you not Wrigley Field, right. Wrigleyville. Wrigleyville, three blocks, about four blocks south. Yeah. For the Chicago people listening, right around Roscoe and uh, uh, Kenmore. Now, the original Rotowire apartment working out of there, and then they were head down south to a server farm on the south side. Uh, right. Speaking about Chicago, let's uh, dive into the Bulls Knicks from Thursday night. Knicks win one hundred six to ninety four. Um, big performances from from a lot of the Knicks, uh, the stalwart, stalwarts in their lineup. Car- Carmelo Anthony twenty six points, seven rebounds, four assists. Uh, Porzingis is bouncing back. He's had a, a string of good games now. <laughs> 19 points, 10 rebounds, three blocks. Um, Robin Lopez fell back to earth. That's that's good because then I know the the world is not going to end. Uh, but even <laughs> Jose Calderon had a big game: 12 points, seven rebounds, seven assists. Uh, that was a huge game for Calderon in his 87 year old body. Now, what about on the Chicago side? Uh, pretty interesting how this went out went down. They had no Paul Gasol, um, so. I was hoping for a big night from Taj Gibson. Were there any big men that you were targeting last night, DJ? If anything, I would have looked towards uh, Miritich. Um, I did not look that way. I just tried to stay away altogether. Gibson was was a clear favorite because they started Felicio, the rookie Felicio. And we know that uh, last, I think, Saturday, Chicago played uh, Utah. They started Felicio, and he only played 12 minutes. So I hope that nobody... Um, really went that route whatsoever because he only played 21 minutes, got you six points, one rebound, one block, not a whole lot there. Uh, Derek Rose, somebody I've really just stayed away from all season long, had his first dunk of the season last night, I believe. Uh, <laughs> oh, it was the sat, it, you know, and, I, and, and their ESPN's plugging it like, you know, the knee's okay, it's amazing. His first dunk of the season it was the saddest dunk, it was like off a double pick where the entire baseline was wide open for him and it was the op- What's the opposite reaction to an Aaron Gordon dunk? It was sort of like, oh, he got up there. Wow, I guess he can still do that, but it still wasn't 
It was, there was no s- poster involved. It was in slow motion, but in a bad way, if that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> yes, yes. I didn't know humans could, on their own, go slow motion. Like, it almost took a triple pick to keep them that open. <laughs> it, it, like, halfway, halfway there in the paint, he just kind of just like, oh, I guess I have to dunk this. And he did well, it, and everybody yeah. slow clapped and, and got out of there. From a fantasy perspective, you like to see Carmelo Anthony, though, do nice things. Uh, his price range uh, for DFS and DraftKings is not where it used to be, not even compared to last season. And he's tried to dish out the ball more. His assists are up this season. Do you think that this dip in Anthony's production is, you know, pick one of these reasons, Shannon. Is it because he's getting old, he just can't do it anymore? Or is it because he is uh, on a team with Porzingis and feels all right dishing the ball out to players like Porzingis? Because um, we know the rest of the players on the team still aren't really viable options. I guess if you want to throw, throw Aaron Aflalo out there as somebody who can take the, you know, take some shots for him. But I, I don't know. Why do you think that this production for Carmelo Anthony has dipped even just after a season last year where he was one of the best fantasy options you could have? Well, what I think you've seen with Carmelo is he, instead of trying to go out there and score 27, 28 points, like he's tried that with the Knicks and it didn't make them a good team. So I think he's act proactively trying to share the ball more, be more of a team player. I mean, his assists are up. He's averaging 4.2 assists. That's a career high. His rebounds are up 7.9. That's just below his career high of 8.1. Um, last year, he only averaged 6.5 rebounds. So he's rebounding the ball much better. He's not doing much on the defensive end, but that's pretty normal. But he's playing. He's more of, a, more of a team player now. He's shooting the ball less, sharing more, rebounding better. And I, I think he might be sending a message to the Knicks, too, just saying, like, hey, like I'm willing to play this way. Get me some help and get, give me better teammates, and, and we'll be better. But also, at 31, he can't be the human highlight reel. You know, you got the better outside shooting, the more assists, the craftier rebounding down low. That isn't, doesn't that kind of come with a smart player aging, knows his body, and, you know, it's kind of trans. It's like the, it's like the you know, the 100 mile an hour fastball starter who now is 32 and can't crank it up that fast and has to switch to other pitches. Right. And I mean, I guess a good, a good comp would be like Paul Pierce and how he yeah. changed as a player and evolved from his mid 20s to when he hit his 30s. He's a rare case. Everyone likes to take kind of a, a dwindling NBA player and say, oh, just do what Paul Pierce does. But I think it takes an ego check to do what Paul Pierce does and where you're just going to kind of sit in the corner um, and play solid defense. Uh, that's one thing Kobe Bryant has said all along that he never wants to do. He doesn't want to take the Paul Pierce route and just jack up shot, jump shots in the corner and be, you know, the fourth or fifth option on a team. Oh, cer- certainly not. And I don't think that'll ever be, Car- I don't think that'll necessarily be Carmelo. I just mean the, the Paul Pierce who went from like the number one option on a team to being, hey, I'm, I'm sharing with two other superstars. Um, I can cut down from, from 24 points per game to, to 18, 19 and five, six rebounds, five, six assists. So the Boston Paul Pierce, not necessarily the, you know, yeah, no, like la- the latter years Boston. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, yeah, interesting take there for sure. Let's move on to the last game of the night. Two of my favorite teams, Utah Jazz, Oklahoma City Thunder. Thunder take care of business, but like Shannon alluded to earlier on, 
in this podcast. Not a great night from where Russell Westbrook. Still, like you would, you know, if this guy is priced seven thousand dollars, you you would be okay with this uh, production: fifteen points, seven rebounds, nine assists, three steals. But for Westbrook, you probably overpaid for him last night. Even Durant, twenty points, eight rebounds, nine assists, gets you close to that triple double, but not necessarily a worldly performance if you paid up for him last night either. Um, you know, we're looking at this lineup. Uh, do you, in terms of the starting five, do you think at any point can they should look at getting Cantor into the starting lineup over Steven Adams, or are they far too content with the minute split where it is right now, each of them seeing about 22 minutes per game? Uh, I think there's not enough shots to go around to have Cantor in the starting lineup. Uh, as far as last night's game, you got Utah in the second of a back-to-back after a big last-second emotional win over Houston. You know, all their starters put up a dud. This was a blowout. This this is where, if you're the Thunder, you're happy to go up early, rest your studs, and give guys like Payne and Randy Foy and Dion Waiters a ton of minutes. Um, but no, I, I I like Cantor off the bench. You know, uh, he's sort of a big man, Vinny uh, the microwave scorer off the bench. You just can't have you can't have every starter jacking up shots. And Adams plays a lot better with that whole Kurt Rambis garbage points, rebound, tip-in game. Um, you know, and, and obviously set some pretty nice picks for Durant and Westbrook. Yeah, I'm with you, Ken. Uh, I think Adams is a better fit for the starting lineup. He, he's a better defensive player than Cantor. Not a stellar defensive player, but better than Cantor. Um, and, yeah. and like you said, there's not enough shots in the starting lineup for Cantor to be out there. It's better to plug him in when Westbrook... Um, or or Durant get a few minutes of blow because then Cantor can can chuck up a bunch of shots, which is what he does. That's that that's what he's good at, and he's proven to be a great option for them off the bench. I've never understood why Anthony Morrow wasn't a better signing for them last year and this year. I mean, only eight minutes last night. He seemed like that spacing outside shooter in a dream world Kyle Korver type guy, and yet it and everyone kind of applauded that free agent signing last year, and it just hasn't worked out. I don't. I don't know. I thought, and then I thought with going to Donovan, they'd have a better spacing offense. But the, I don't see a whole lot of difference in that offense. I, I think the problem with uh, Anthony Morrow is he literally can do nothing else. He can hit three pointers when he's wide open, but he can't put the ball on the floor. He can't drive. He can't. He, there's nothing else. He can't play defense. So it's the one skill and complete lack of everything else. At least Corver's got high basketball IQ. Um, He's not great athletically from an NBA standpoint, but um, he could still put the ball on the floor and move around a little bit. Um, you know, he had the ball in his hands a lot during college. But uh, Morrow's just the one-trick pony, and and also probably towards the end of his career. Yeah, I, I, you're right, Ken. That it, it is interesting that he's just kind of faded into nothing when everybody applauded OKC for getting a legitimate three-point shooter. But I don't think it's out of bounds to say what Shannon just said, and that's the only thing he can do is shoot from beyond the arc. And so if you look at somebody like Roberson, who technically he can attempt threes from the corner, although he is the least confident in the whole arena in his own shot. I mean, it's it's pretty obvious. Everybody just 
you know, like when Steph Curry shoots a three, everyone just starts running back. Even when Durant or even when Westbrook, who's not that good at shooting three, you know, people will start to run back on defense. When Roberson hits a three, all 10 guys on the court just sit there and just kind of wait to see what happens because they're so interested if he can make it or not. Roberson um, but, is a D and hope to hit, eventually hit a three. Yes, what? that's a good way to put it. Um, you know, they've even found, you know, Dion Waiters can slot into that role for better or for worse. He does give you a scoring punch when Westbrook and Durant need to sit. Um, and yeah, I mean, they're, they're okay. They're going to be just fine, but it is interesting that Waiters has, or rather Morrow has, has faded into nothing for Utah. You look at their box score, you throw it out the window and say nothing really to be concerned about. Trey Laos got 26 minutes off the bench, but on most nights he's going to be splitting, splitting time evenly with uh, veteran, uh, Booker, um, who only saw 16. So just throw that one out the window. If you liked any of the matchups, you probably got burned there. Trey Burke with 17 points off the bench and only 17 or in only 12 minutes is nice. But again, uh, in blowout games, you have to look onward, look out, look elsewhere because, um, it's just not typical of what you're going to see night to night. Utah, um, fighting for that eighth playoff seed in the Western Conference. So they're going to look to put out their starting five. You won't be seeing them rest any players anytime soon. Let's, let's talk about these, uh, these playoff standings really quick. You've got Utah. They're fighting. They're fighting for the eighth seed. Um, the Rockets and Dallas are right there in the mix. Who do you guys like to come out of that in the Western Conference? Well, I, of course, I'm cheering against the Rockets because I just hate. I just hate the apathy they show on defense. So I like a young. You like to me a young, up and coming Utah Jazz team. It'll mean something to them getting that eighth seed and getting some playoff experience uh, and getting to play the Warriors in some meaningful games. Whereas the Rockets veterans, who knows what's happening in Dwight Howard. So emotionally I'm behind the jazz. So I'm sensing there'll be a letdown and I'm going to have to watch a rocket playoff game. Which so to, to set the floor here, <laughs> the, the top five seeds are pretty much, they're pretty much set in stone. Yeah. Um, you've got Golden State, San Antonio, Oklahoma City, LA Clippers and Memphis which unfor- is so unfortunate I really was hoping and thought the Grizzlies would drop out and we'd get to see the Rockets and the Jazz but I'd say the Grizzlies are in they have it, to be they, oh they're absolutely in yeah. I mean we're looking at there's only 10 games left and they're 41 and 31 they are making the playoffs um, oh. and they're probably going to be locked into the five seed um, it's still amazing to me we're going to have two teams from the Western Conference um, possibly three That'll have negative point differentials. Um, the Grizzlies being the the top, negative one point four points uh, per game, and they're forty one and thirty one. I'm still amazed that that that's the case. Uh, Dallas and and the Rockets are the other two with a negative point differential. Um, but I mean, really, Port, Portland, Dallas, Rockets, and Utah. The four of those te- two, three of those four teams are going to make it. Portland's the in the cushiest position. They're the only one above five hundred of those of those four teams, but they're only one game over five hundred. And I still think it's between Portland and Utah. I, Dallas and the Rockets. I know the Rockets are even on a, a little bit of a slide right now, losing three in a row. But I think Dallas and the Rockets will get it together over this final stretch and both make the playoffs. So Portland and Utah is who I see battling for the eighth seed. And I'm I'm gonna say. I hope the Rockets make it because I think they can make some noise. Um, you know, like I, I do love the Jazz. They, like I said, they're one of my favorite teams, but they're just going to get lambasted. I would love for the Rockets to slip up into that six seed somehow, play the Thunder, 
that would be a very entertaining matchup. I mean, I, I think it would be because they still have all the same players from last year when they made a Western Conference run. It's not like they lost a significant uh, chunk of their lineup. They even got Josh Smith back, who was huge for them in the playoffs. And so if a flip switches for Harden and for Dwight Howard, I mean, they're going to be right there in the thick of things. I, I, I would not be surprised if they gave any team, and I'm talking about the Warriors, the Spurs, gave them a run for their money and, and stole a game or two games. Well, the Mavs are in a bit of a free fall. They've lost eight of their last ten. Spurs, uh, they will play the Rockets. Uh, um, they've got Golden State tonight. So, uh, and they oh, I'm sorry. And they end. This is how they end: at Clippers, at Utah, and then at home against the Spurs. Now, the Spurs may sit every veteran they have for that last game, uh, but they they've got some formidable opponent opponents, and they're playing very poorly right now. Now, what about the Eastern Eastern Conference? It's a similar layout. You've got Cleveland, Toronto, Atlanta, Boston, Miami, and Charlotte. Those six teams are, I mean, it would take a lot for Miami or Charlotte to drop out. So those six teams are probably locked in. Um, and that, that leaves Indiana, Detroit, and Chicago for the final two spots. Um, Indiana's got a half game on Detroit, and Detroit is sitting a game and a half up on Chicago. Of those three, which two do you, or, and I, sh- sorry, I would be remiss to not mention Washington. Um, the former Bullets are 35 and 36, so, so they're right there too. They certainly yeah. could challenge. So, okay, Indiana, Detroit, Chicago, Washington, which two are making the playoffs? Uh, I, I, I think how it stands now is how it's going to end. Uh, the Bulls' health, Miritich has not been shooting well since the appendectomy. Butler has had a tough return from his injury. Gasol missed another one last night. I really don't know what his health status is going to be. I just see the Bulls limping to the end. Uh, the Wizards, you know, with Morris, have been trying to piece together things, but uh, Beal's health is really really hurt their season. I, I think it's Pacers-Pistons making it. Shannon, do you remember, was it the first, was it opening night of NBA? I know it was a, It was when the World Series was occurring. We were at a fine establishment here in Madison, and you said something about the Pistons. We were talking about whether or not, whether or not they'll make the playoffs, and I was like, yeah, they're going to make the playoffs. And you're like, I don't know, I don't know. And then you said something to me like, if they win this game against this team, I forget, I think it was the Knicks, is who you said, then they're making the playoffs. Now, as that you've been very skeptical of your own team basically what i'm getting at is you've been skeptical of your own team they're sitting in a good position where uh you know the bulls really have no consistency the pacers paul george is dealing with a calf injury you don't know if he's going to be able to play night in and night out for the rest of the season wizards um you know they have a two game you know two games to make up on the pistons i would say if you're a pistons fan you should be feeling somewhat all right that they are going to sneak in there for that seventh or eighth seed as a pistons fan who's very skeptical of the teams and things he likes uh what do you think i've I've actually loved i've loved their ability to win 43 44 games this year i had no doubt they would be over 500 my problem was i i believed the eastern conference was going to be better this year um it is going to be better by default because you're not going to have an under 500 team make the playoffs Um, but you've got chicago washington and milwaukee all three were playoff teams last year really good playoff teams I thought I thought Milwaukee would challenge for 50 wins this year. I thought Chicago would be this the second or third seed in the conference, and I thought Washington would pretty much repeat what they did last year. So you've got all those three teams that took a step back at the beginning of the season. My thought was Detroit's going to be better. They're going to finish over 500, 
and it's going to be a good season and a step in the right direction. But I didn't believe Chicago, Washington, and Milwaukee would take the step back like they did. So, I mean, now that that's occurred, yeah, I, I'm very confident in Detroit. And not only am I confident in Detroit, I think they can beat any team in the Eastern Conference in a playoff series. Any team. Well, yeah, got a, I think they're, tough road. To, the Pistons got a tough road to hoe uh, in that they still have Cleveland and Oklahoma City in these last 10 games. They play Miami twice. That's going to be rough. <laughs> a big game against Chicago on Saturday. So that could have huge playoff implications. And it's interesting <laughs> to see how, how healthy that Bulls team will be on Saturday against your Pistons. They, they do have six of the final 10 at home, which is good for them because they're 23 and 12 at home and only 15 and 22 on the road. So they really need to take, take care of those home games. Um, but like you said, the matchups aren't, aren't great down the stretch. Yeah, the Cavaliers fighting for the one seed. Let's let's not forget that Raptors are only one game behind. Yeah, that that last game could be important. Yeah, that's the end of the season as Cavs Pistons. Could technically, mean a lot to Detroit. Could or could not mean anything to the Cavs. Yeah, technically Raptors are two games behind. Twenty one losses versus twenty two. Raptors have some games to make up there, of course, considering that they're three wins behind the Cavaliers. So, however you want to look at it, um, so that will. What I'm saying is that the Pistons game against the Cavaliers should be highly contested because the Cavs need to play. High hard thunder however have a five game lead on the clippers so they might think of to resting some of their players and where a tough matchup on the on the schedule uh you know seems pretty difficult you never know when the pistons could back their way into an easy win there there will be bets available for both of you guys um if the pistons whether they the seventh or eighth seed i will take them in round one wow well let's just let's just do that now what are we betting on i owe you two mixed drinks DJ owes, and DJ owes me a drink as well. And Ken owes me... I, did we decide on just a pitcher of PBR? Is that what we pitcher came to? PBR, yeah. Okay. PBR. I'll share. Uh, I'm very good at sharing. I'm going to go... Uh, let's, go with, uh, let's go with some poutine. They got poutine at Bucks there? Yeah, oh, we got poutine. We'll, we'll get that going. Yeah, I, I'm on poutine. board with that. I want poutine in, on whoever uh, plays the Pistons in round one. I no you, same Hopefully here. the Celtics. That would be that would be. All right, I'll get you guys poutine. What I want because I don't eat that crap. <laughs> I'm a pillar of health. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I you want I, two poutine? I want a six pack of uh, spotted cow so I can Ooh. drink it while I'm watching the Pistons in the second round. <laughs> okay. All right, there we go. There's the new bets. We should have been doing this all season long. I don't know what we were thinking. Well, you know what? All right, so let's do this because I, I'm not in Madison. How about it's uh, poutine between you and I, Shannon, and that's a six-pack between you and DJ. Since deal. I can't ship and I can't buy Spotted Cow in the greater Vermont area. That's true. You can they, only buy it They Wisconsin. make a big deal. It can only get to Wisconsin, right? Yeah, that's very true. Um, this would be a good time to ease into uh, our DraftKings read, gentlemen. Yeah, most definitely. Let's do it. Be a part of the action all season long at DraftKings.com, the official daily fantasy basketball partner of RotoWire. With Daily Fantasy, you don't need to spend months micromanaging a roster. Play whenever you want and pick a new team every time you play. Challenge your friends in a custom league to prove you're the superior G- GM. Or square off against basketball fans from around the country for big prizes. Go to DraftKings.com now. Enter promo code ROTOHOOPS to play free. DraftKings official partner of RotoWire. That's promo code ROTOHOOPS, R-O-T-O-H-O-O-P-S at DraftKings.com. Very nicely done. Really quick, Ken. How did you guys do last night on the short slate? You kind of said it already. You didn't do very well, right? The Miles Turner play hurt both of you. 
Yeah, I'd just rather not talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> same here. Let's talk about happy things, Ken. And why don't you give us a quick Rotowire expert keeper league update? Let's do so. Honored to say that the Vermont Tree Huggers still in first. Stotts has not caught me. Our our uh, official trainer. What are the ten different health degrees Stotts has? As an I don't know. I'm athletic trainer, but I'll find out. Lost. I'm about to talk to him on the XM show here. Okay, I'm excited good. to talk to him about Anthony Davis. Yeah, yeah. He so he lost Davis for the year. So I I'm hoping that is the nail in the coffin. He's five points back in me in the standings. Um, and I picked up. I'm kind of excited. I pick up. Uh, Josh Robertson. Wait, is it Josh Robertson, the the uh, the second year second round rookie for, sorry, Josh Richardson for the Heat. I got him for a cheap two bucks. Ken, you are going to win. Like you're, you've already like people that had side bets with you are already paying up, right? Yes, I have a pair of Northwestern gym shorts on order from uh, James West Coast kid Anderson, because uh, he's going to finish third, and he already waved the towel and, and, and ordered the shorts. Uh, and even in my own Kellogg league, I won five pounds of bacon. The meat trophy. Meat. Five pounds of applewood cured perfect pork bacon. No. It arrived yesterday, yesterday or two days ago. It's in the fridge. Family will be feasting on that tomorrow, and I will be sending pictures to everyone in that league. And uh, But, Shannon, I, you know, the big prize is the big trophy sitting on your desk, brother. If I can squeak it out over Stotts. I'm going to hand it to you next week. You said you wanted it when you come into town. You're, you're not as... Uh, st- A little cocky, jinxing it. Yeah, well, you're not as superstitious as me, so I, I'll give it to you a couple weeks in advance. Now, I want to take this opportunity to rip into James Anderson a little bit. Yeah, yeah, please he, do. Please. He <laughs> he held the lead for, what, maybe the first half of the season or at least the first yeah, third or so? first third, yeah. Yep, and and he was in prime position. He absolutely should have won this league. He has. often sits next to DJ, who was trading talent. Like, yeah. don't you guys sit next to each other? Close enough. Close enough. That's yeah. why I didn't want to haggle with you, DJ. I was like, if I get into a haggling war, he's gonna deal. He's gonna deal with James, and I'll be left outside. So I, you know, I was like, let's just do a deal. Yeah, good, fun. James' core lineup pieces: Jimmy Butler, Chris Paul, Westbrook, Paul George, Aaron Gordon, Draymond Green. I know he made a couple moves, picked up like Andre Drummond, which is always a mistake in a rotisserie league. You do he's not pick up too. someone who shoots. Eight percent from the free throw line. It doesn't make any sense. You know what's funny? There was a circle there because at the beginning of the year, I actually traded uh, James Aaron Gordon for Demarcus Cousins. So the funny thing is that he had Demarcus Cousins on that roster right. at the beginning of the year. I ended up I, I inherited Andre Drummond, traded him away, and then James acquired him. So essentially, what happened is uh, he ended up with Drummond over Demarcus Cousins. Like James, James was in a position to win a championship, but he was so worried about keeping his long term pieces. Like he had, he has Devin Booker at one A, great contract. Devin Booker is going to be really good, but he could have traded Devin Booker for like two to three uh, really good players who are producing just as well as Devin Booker is right now. Could, couldn't give up on a son. I think that was it. But I'm with you. He, 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 he got to go for it. When you have a chance, go for it. All in in Keeper Leagues. In, All in. Yeah, instead he tried He tried to ba- the balancing act of not trading any of his valuable keepers who are going to be really good for the next three or four years in, in and still win. And you just can't do that. You just trade them away. I traded away uh, Vucevic and Kawhi Leonard when they were rookies and they were not good, not great rookies either, not productive um, on rookie contracts, which means I could have held them for the next five or six years. I traded away both of them to make a run at like third place. So 
I just don't understand the the thinking. In, in keeper leagues, I'm always trying to win that year for, for at least the first couple months of the season. Well, if should the trophy arrive here, and uh, I expect to be taking lots of pictures with it, I'm going to probably frame one, ship it to you guys so you can like weld it to James's desk. I will happily make that happen for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I'll be wearing the shorts as well. Yeah, that's yeah. It's going to be quite the sight. You snapping pictures with your white legs here um, in the office, Ken. We need to talk about our DFS picks, but before we do that, uh, I understand you have a quick word for us. Uh, I do. Let me quickly bounce over to that word, uh, gang. Who out there needs a website? You know, you can do it yourself with Wix.com. No matter what business you're in, Wix.com has something for you. It's used by more than 75 million people worldwide. Wix.com makes it easy to get your website live today. You need to go. You need to get the word out about your business. It all starts with a stunning website with hundreds of designer-made, customizable templates to choose from. The drag-and-drop editor. There is no coding needed. You don't need to be a programmer or a designer to create something beautiful. You can do it yourself with Wix.com. Wix.com empowers business owners to create their own professional websites every day. When you're running your own business, you're bound to be busy. Too busy. Too busy worrying about your budget. Too busy scheduling appointments. Too busy to build a website for your business. And because you're too busy, it has to be easy. And that's where Wix.com comes in. With Wix.com, it's easy and free. Go to Wix.com to create your own website today. The result is stunning. And, yeah, I may have to go there just to create a picture of me wearing those shorts from James. The shorts might be a little down so that I can even closer enjoy the trophy uh, from the Keeper League. But it'll be a stunning picture. I still I can't, I can't get over um, the use of stunning twice twice in that read. We need to, I need to change that. I need to figure out what we can yeah. change that to. Hey, if it's stunning, it's stunning. Don't try to stunt it. Oh, my bad. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. NBA DFS for DraftKings tonight. We're going to kick it off with point guard as we often do. Shannon, I'll let you lead things off. You got a few options here, a few middle price options. We have quite a few games on the slate tonight, but you're going to be looking at the five thousand to upper six four thousand dollar range. Yeah, I think there's a lot of good options in that uh, in that range, and there's really going to be there's two primetime matchups for from a DFS standpoint that I think everyone needs to target. You've got Denver at L.A. and Phoenix at Sacramento. Those are basically the four worst defensive teams in the league. Um, the over-under is astronomical for both games, uh, and I expect tons of big performances. Um, and that leads to one of my first value picks, Moudier, Emmanuel Moudier, against the L.A. Lakers. He's 5,900. Uh, he, you know, he's had his up and ups and downs this rookie season, but he's playing better lately. He's coming off his biggest game of the year. He had 51 fantasy points against Philadelphia earlier this week. That was 27 points, 11 rebounds, four assists, one block. There's actually upside there for him to have a bigger game than that because he only had four assists. He's had games where he's dishing out seven, eight, nine assists. So I love him against the LA Lakers. Only 5,900. Fair enough. Fair enough. Ken, anything to add with point guard, or should we move along? Well, to I'm really, I really want to see if Kyle Lowry plays tonight. Was that a day of rest, or did he actually have an elbow issue against the Celtics on Wednesday? If that was a day of rest, and he's playing that terrible Houston defense, Lowry's obviously expensive at 8400 is the third most expensive point guard. But if he is playing and starting and feeling good, I like him exploding against the Rockets. Now, 
Kyle Lowry's always good DFS play. Um, for me, at the guard positions in particular, there are just too many good values. Um, aside from Modier, I also like Alfred Payton. Payton's 5,300. He's coming off a big game. It looks like he's finally back. He should step back into the starting lineup. Now he had a big triple-double on Wednesday night. 20 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. Um, I'm looking for him to keep that up tonight. And really, at 5,300, it's hard to find better value. The other guy I like a lot is Tony Parker. Come I, on. Come no, on. no. I'm all over Tony Parker. He's 4,600. I think at this point, you actually have to say, ye old Tony Parker. Yeah, the old. And, and also... Tim Duncan. I'm looking for bounce back performances from both those guys, and it's because the Spurs are resting a ton of their players tonight. Um, Patty Mills is resting, so that means Tony Parker should get more minutes. Kawhi Leonard's resting, which means more more shots for Tony Parker. Boris Diaw, Boris Diaw, Danny Green, they're all out to rest. So Tony Parker and Tim Duncan are going to get higher usage tonight. Here's the thing. I think that they're going to see their normal amount of minutes or even less because they play a game tomorrow. I'm definitely expecting, and this is this is not founded on anything like media credentialed, that for Tony Parker and Tim Duncan to do the same and be rested tomorrow when they play uh, the Thunder because they yes. have that such a cushion. I think that actually there's a lot of value to be had in your Kyle Andersons or your Jonathan Simmons. I think that with the massive cushion they have on the Thunder right now, why even play Parker or Duncan massive minutes in a game that doesn't even really matter? They don't. But and, that's and facing a, a, facing a pretty woeful Grizzlies lineup, and also I'm also just worried if you're Coach Yeager. How much do you slow things down? And it's like Grindhouse times two. I know they're on the road in San Antonio, but. Oh, I, I entirely expect the game to be like 85 to 80, um, yeah. <laughs> but but it, it doesn't matter. Tony Parker can post 40 fantasy points in 28 minutes. I don't expect him to play 40 minutes tonight, but he is going to rest on Saturday, and Duncan as well. I I, I call that right now, and I'm 95% sure, like 95% right those there, two. Right there with you. Yeah, yeah, those two will rest on Saturday, yeah. but on Friday, they're going to carry the team. Parker has over 40 fantasy points in two of, two of his past four outings. He's been kind of boom or bust like that all year. But yeah. find another guy at 4,600 who who has two 40-point outings in his last four games, who has that kind of upside. There's not many, so I love Parker tonight. Fair enough. Let's move on to – I do want to talk about those Spurs guys I mentioned because I think they're going to get an uptick, but I'll do it when, they're, when we actually get to their position. Let's move on to shooting guard. Wes Matthews, somebody who I think mentally has struggled this year. And I'm not taking anything away from his mental toughness, but I think he came back too soon from the torn Achilles, and he rushed himself back. He really hasn't been sure of foot at all this season. Mm-hmm. However, last couple weeks, I'm starting to see the old Wes Matthews. And so um, mentally, it, ju- it takes just as much to get over an injury, and I'm starting to see um, that taking place. At $4,400, we have to assume at some point, you know, once everything's good, to go and he's back to where he was last season or the season before his price is going to rise but as for now you're going to jump on the west matthews train at forty four hundred dollars i'm i'm riding this train all night long west matthews the, the I'm big sort of key- tempted to jump on <laughs> <laughs> the the big key with matthews is chandler parsons is out for the rest of the year and Carlisle has already came out and said they're going to rely heavily on Matthews. He ne- he said he needed Matthews to step up with Parsons out. And we've seen that the past two games, 42 minutes, 41 minutes. Uh, and, and that's resulted in 28 fantasy points and 39 fantasy points. 4,400 is great. We're going to see the West Matthews of Portland days these last couple weeks of the season. So I love him on DFS. When he's under 5,000, I'm rolling him out there all, all day. 
Yeah, and I will say, um, being that he or well, he's he's very familiar with that Warriors team. He certainly can do it. I'd be afraid of his defensive pairing because last time out against Portland, it wasn't um, you know that big of a deal. He had Aminu on him. He had you know just a, like Ed Davis might have even been on him for a little bit, and so it had some weird. Yeah, so Clay Thompson or Harrison Barnes, whoever decides to stick on Wesley Matthews, could could be more of an issue. But I mean, forty four hundred dollars is it's it's really hard not to play him. Uh, you know, give him at least a little run. If you're going to play ten lineups, it'd be hard not to play him in three or four. The other the other shooting guard I like is Brad Beal. He's he's fifty one hundred, which is pretty much an, a season low. He hasn't been this low in a while. Um, he's coming off a stinker. He only had eleven fantasy points against Atlanta earlier on Wednesday night, um, but before. Before that, he was actually on a nice little run, couple couple outings with thirty two or more fantasy points, and and at fifty four fifty one hundred, I just I love that price. He you know, he's played against Minnesota once already this year. It was one of his better games of the season. He had forty fantasy points. Will he get forty again? No, probably not. But does he's pretty good bet to hit thirty fantasy points at fifty one hundred. Give me that six times value. Moving on to small forward, let's talk about Rudy Gay. Um, I really had him in a lot of places last time out against Minnesota Um, with DeMarcus Cousins out it was really just Rondo and Rudy Gay and he threw out a stinker he really didn't do much at all for you he only got you 19 DraftKings points 19 DraftKings points really hurt me in all the lineups I had him in against Minnesota now this is somebody you like tonight obviously the price point is is where you love but I would be more comfortable with this price point when Rudy Gay was playing two years ago and I don't care if Cousins is playing tonight or not maybe I'm just burned from last night or um, from his last game well, the price point for Rudy Gay two years ago would have been eight thousand dollars. Right, and and here's the thing, I'm one of the reasons why I am all in on the Gay train tonight is because meat trophy be, <laughs> because the fact that you feel burned and everyone else is going to feel burned. Yeah. It's a contrarian play. I think the Phoenix Sacramento game is going to be high scoring. Gay has been horrible lately, but I don't think anyone's going to ride him. No one's going to ride Gay tonight. So I'm, I'm going to go with him. Now, it also happens to be the small forward problem. I just don't like the slate of small forwards tonight. I love, I love Giannis, and I'm actually going to go with Giannis in a lot of my lineups, but he's 9600 So if you can't fit that expensive a guy in, Gay's one of those mid-priced options that I do like as a contrarian play. Let's take a look at some of the small forwards that I alluded to earlier, guys, and that, of course, is Jonathan Simmons and Kyle Anderson. Now, if we take a look at their prices, we're going to have to go way down the list. Jonathan Simmons, $3,000 tonight. There's a whole lot to like there, uh, a whole lot to like there, rather. And if you're looking at Kyle Anderson, once again, we're looking at somebody who's priced at just $3,000. Now, let's say I'm stupid. Who do you like? Of the two, who do you I like? was going to say, why choose? Why not throw both of them into your lineup and really assume and think and hope that Popovich is going to be playing just a kind of like a crazy lineup tonight against Memphis. We already know there's going to be a lot of players resting, and you're not necessarily going to play Duncan or Parker a whole lot of minutes in a game that, again, doesn't really matter. Um, what if I play both of them and I free up a whole lot of money elsewhere? Now, what do you think? I, I love well, lineups. So- I, I'm sorry, Ken. I, I'm going to jump in here first. I love lineups with Giannis and James Harden in the lineup tonight. Um, this is a way you can accomplish that. 
Now, I, I'm just, I think they're both too risky. I, I like some of the other value plays. I'm not saying they aren't legitimate options. They are. They're going to have higher usage tonight. Um, when you have, they could both start with Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green out. They both are, they're both options to start for, for the Spurs and get 10, 12 shots each. I just have seen enough from, from Kyle Anderson in particular. I'll admit, I haven't seen Jonathan Simmons play as much. But Kyle Anderson, I'm not a big fan of. I don't think even if he gets 28, 30 minutes that he's going to post more than 20, 25 fantasy points. I tell you what, though, if he gets me, if he gets me 25 fantasy points, I'm going to be just fine with that. And if, if, he, if both of those combine to get me 50 DraftKings points, I will be content with that. It's, it's good value for the price point. But one of, the, one of the things that, for me, in tournament play that I always go for is I don't need 20 22 fantasy points from someone if i'm going for a tournament win or a you know a top top 10 percent finish in a tournament uh, one roster spot who gets me 20 to 22 fantasy points is not necessarily going to help me accomplish that i need guys who are going to hit 30 35 40 fantasy points i don't think either of these two have it in them but they're they they will get the minutes yeah, you're right. You're right about that. You do need to hit at least 30, 35 um, if you want to make a serious run at the tournament. But I tell you what, I'm, I'm just trying to win money. Uh, it, it's, it, it's overstated that you need to try to go for winning every single tournament. If you consistently play every single night and make it in the top 10% and you're cashing out in tournaments on a regular basis, then, then that works too. But I don't know. You don't often get to use uh, two $3,000 price players and feel confident about it. So I think I'll run it in at least 25% of my lineups tonight if I play 10 or you know, 10 or 20 or 25 or whatnot. So let's move on to small forward. And like you said, Giannis is sitting at $9,600, uh, the most expensive small forward tonight. We're going to move on to power forward, excuse me, and talk about DeMarcus Cousins is not going to play tonight. Um, actually, he's probable to play. He's probable to play against... The Phoenix Suns on Friday, $10,300. I believed he was priced a little more expensive than this, only $100 more. So are you going to stay away from Cousins or are you going to lean towards him tonight? Uh, Ken, what do you think about playing uh, a DeMarcus Cousins who we know can score big points, but he's coming off that game where he sat out with injury, going up against a very weak Phoenix team. Would you have any reservations playing Boogie tonight? Uh, not if you, you know, not if you know he's playing. Um, you know, I'll, you have to give Cousins credit. All this turmoil on that horribly run team, he is filling up the stat sheet. And assuming he doesn't blow up at practice today and you know get suspended another game, and assuming he plays, which is why you got to check in with RotoWire before uh, the game's lock. You know, I'd be all in on Cousins. Yeah, and Cousins had a pretty big, pretty big game against Phoenix earlier earlier this season. Um, he had only had forty nine fantasy points. I say only because that's less than the fifty two he averages. Um, but that was in twenty seven minutes, thirty two points, nine rebounds. I mean, if this game's somewhat competitive, and it's going to be two bad teams that I expect to be competitive against each other, you know, hopefully he plays thirty five, thirty six minutes instead, and you see that forty nine creep up to fifty nine, sixty. So he's a good option. It's just where you want to spend big. I personally am not going to do it at power forward tonight. Um, I mean, if you go the if you go the DJ DJ route, you could get Cousins, Harden, and Giannis in your lineup. Isn't that enticing? I mean, that could win a tournament if they both break out for sixty fantasy points, and then you're coming in with fifty from those other two guys. If you get fifty from those two, you're sitting pretty good. Yeah, you're yeah. You're, you're sitting pretty you're sitting pretty good. I 
I like it. I'm going to do it. I think I'm going to do it in, in more percentage. I'm just going to roll with it. I will probably throw a lineup together that has that. Now, the, for cheaper options at Power Forward, I like John Lohr. Um, now, this this is kind of if Tyson Chandler sits again. I like him a hell of a lot more. Um, but but John Lohr's coming off a couple big games, 36 fantasy points against Memphis and 44 against the Lakers. Um, matchup against the Sacramento is good, as mentioned. He's averaging about a fantasy point per minute against them in the two outings this year. Problem was they were limited, limited, limited outings for him, only 16 minutes per game. If he's if if Chandler's out again and Lord's guaranteed get 25 to 30 minutes, I think he's a great play at 4100. Another guy I like is I will say sorry to yeah. interrupt. It just announced Tyson Chandler will miss Friday. So. There you go. Start John Lore. I've. I've very happy I don't have to remove him from my lineup now. Uh, the other guy I like is David Lee. David Lee's at 4,800. Um, he's playing Golden State, his former team. He played him about a week, actually exactly a week ago. He played 27 minutes, had 39 fantasy points, 16 points, 16 rebounds. It's just that revenge thing. Uh, he's familiar with, with Draymond Green and everyone else in, in Golden State's front court, so I think he plays well against him. I expect him to have another good night. Moving on to center, we'll finish things out here. Carl Anthony Towns is your most expensive one at $8,300. Has a tough matchup against the Wizards tonight, though. Hassan Whiteside, who continues to come off the bench, $8,000. He's still worth that price. He's still playing considerable minutes. Andre Drummond is somebody who's incredibly enticing for me, $7,600. Going up against Charlotte. Charlotte has a middle-of-the-road defense when it comes to defending centers. I will say, though, that uh, Drummond is only averaging 23 minutes on the court between two matchups with the Hornets this year only 22 fantasy points at $7,600 we know he hasn't been as productive uh, of late as he had been earlier in the season that said over his last two games he gave you 54 and 38 $7,600 too much to spend on Drummond tonight no not at all and I've, I've been I talked to Eric about this in the office yesterday uh, we both we both rode Drummond really hard on Wednesday night and we we you know, benefited from his 51 point outing. And I've said, anytime Drummond's under 8,000, he's a legit option for your lineup. I want to fit him into my lineups tonight. I don't know that I can. There are a few other, I'm spending big elsewhere, so I'm going a little bit cheaper. So I'm going with Drummond's former teammate, Greg Monroe. Greg Monroe has been extremely frustrating, uh, especially as of late. Because you know he's getting less minutes. A lot of times he'll only see between twenty-two and twenty-eight minutes for the Bucks. Uh, but I love the matchup against. I love the matchup against Atlanta. Al Horford's going to be on the floor a bunch, which means Monroe will probably see more minutes. Also, Monroe's only fifty-five hundred. He's averaging thirty fancy thirty-four fancy points per game. He had a big outing or two big outings against Atlanta earlier this year, averaging forty-five points between those two. So. Give me, give me him at fifty five hundred, and I hope he bounces back and has a forty point outing like he did earlier this week against Detroit. Can just anything? For, well, go, just yeah, for giggles, I went with Kyle's Kyle and I mean DJ's Kyle Anderson and Jonathan Simmons route the last couple minutes here, and that let me afford Curry, Lowry, Cousins, and Tony Parker, and uh, I can barely just barely afford Greg Monroe at my center spot as uh, Shannon alludes to. There you go. And I like it. He probably squeezed John Lore in there in the forward spot. I went with. Oh, you went, you went, <laughs> no, sorry, Kyle you went Anderson with the two. And Jonathan yeah. Simmons. Okay. So I've got Anderson and Simmons. Yeah. That sounds like a pretty solid lineup. Yeah. It's stars or scrubs, but you see those, you see those win tournaments sometimes. That's, that's for sure. Ken, that's all the time we have. So if you could kindly get us out of here. 
Uh, absolutely, gentlemen. Always a pleasure. We're going to go with a bad boy favorite of Shannon's uh, today for our ending quote. Good old Bill Lambeer. Uh, for all of you season-long um, season long fantasy players who are in your playoffs or even championship weeks right now, just remember what Bill Lambieri said. The finals are about a test of wills. Adios, amigos. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.